Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show Monday here at Rosie's downtown. 10th and P is where we're at. The doors are now open. Get yourself a cold drink. Find a cocktail that is favorable to you. Get the wings ordered. Get all the munchies you want. Settle in. It is an amazing night for sports. And the place to see it all here at Rosie's 10th and P downtown. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, Brennan Bora weighs in. We're number one, baby. And it's not the, uh, the the Philly fan number one that Jabba has told us about. This is volleyball rankings, Nebraska volleyball, as you would expect. Uh, it at number one in the, uh, the new rankings after slaying Wisconsin on Saturday night. Plenty of thoughts there. Plenty of thoughts on Nebraska as they are, well, in the medical tent, dear God, uh, the offensive line hammered Saturday against Northwestern with injury. We'll hear from Matt Rule in the Rule Rewind. But we're here at Rosie's, and we're hanging out here the next few Monday nights. Tonight and next Monday, uh, Vikings Niners tonight. Uh, they have uh, live music coming up October 27th with great team heroes. So keep that in mind. Here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P if you like live music. The Raiders and Lions next Monday will be here. And then uh, we'll even make a road show for Broncos Bills in November and get you going for uh, Turkey Day with the Bears and Vikings. So get your holiday parties set up here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Elijah, it's a great day for sports, NLCS, ALCS, Monday Night Football, and, of course, uh, Husker Healing on uh, many people's mind here with the news on the offensive line. But, hey, a win is a win for the Big Red. Now they turn their attention to Perdon't. Come on down here to Rosie's. Order yourself. Even if your name isn't Seabass, get yourself a Boilermaker and uh, get geared up for the uh, for the right week. 489-1240. 489-1240. Numbers to get in. 800-825-5865. Can email chris at hailvarsity.com and uh, watch the show here on the StreamYard set up with Hale Varsity YouTube. can comment that way. Brennan's chimed in. Moonbot7's already chimed in. Jeff is in. So uh, can get your comments felt that way. Elijah, uh, a lot of things to discuss with the win and more so the future with just how hobbled Nebraska is. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was hobbled quite a way to uh, to start a presser today from Matt Rule. We'll hear from him, him just a little bit, but I mean, time for the young guys to step up. Matt Rule's made a career of it at Temple and Baylor, getting those young guys ready to go in year one and building the future of that program early. Man, he's got his work cut out for him now with with uh, some of the guys are going to have to be seeing the field with Justin Evans Jenkins. He had a good game on Saturday. He needs to parlay it into to a couple more good games to, to close the year here. I mean, health has become paramount to this Husker offense now because you look at it, Turner Corcoran out for the year. Ethan Piper out for the year. Uh, Nuruddin's going to be out for the next couple of weeks as well. And I mean, you look at it right now, if, if, if Ben Scott goes down or if Justin Evans Jenkins goes down moving forward, you're looking at Sam Sledge, Gunnar Gatula, Tyler Kanak, Jacob Hood, guys that have never played football at this level, not even been on the field, looking to make their starts. And I guess Matt Rule, he's done that before. He's had success with that before. But, man, you don't like the, the, the way that that puts your offense behind the eight ball. If there's any positives take away from today, the defense came away from that game on Saturday relatively unscathed, and we all know that the defense is the one winning football games for Nebraska right now. They have been fantastic. They continue to be fantastic on Saturday. I think uh, they, they give you reason for confidence moving forward, but the offense, it, it's going to be a struggle to get to, what, 17 points moving forward, you have to expect, because it's already been a struggle to get to 17 points, and now you have to do it without a couple of starters on your offensive line. It, it, it is, you know, and Jeff chimes in, you know, good win, clean it up, and, and that's a solid take. And can you clean it up on offense? And, and listen, you've seen Harburg kind of grow – and get better but but against northwestern that that wasn't the case and it wasn't all on him but there were some simple execution things that really put nebraska at a disadvantage early in that ball game with with just some simple throws that that he didn't make now my arm's garbage and i don't have big hands so uh says the asthmatic here on the stage here at rosie's throwing the football or or not being asked to throw the football so uh, let's let's put it in context. But Nebraska's got to just be better. They they've not been that good, but they've at least had a toughness and an identity to be able to run the football. How much of of what they've ac- actually been okay at is in jeopardy, Elijah, with three fifths of a new offensive line. Now, Evans Jenkins came in for quite a bit of the ball game and did well. He's somebody that has flashed and and at least gotten a little bit of a a nod on the two deep at two different spots we've been waiting on teddy p a guy who's taken so many arrows this year and in his career is turner corcoran he is out foot injury the guy gave every every ounce of, of his being to try and help nebraska win now it's teddy teddy p's turn to come up and be that guy that we've seen very small glimpses of and he's been out due to injury. Henry Lutoski's come in and 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 earned some time uh, when when was that, when he was asked to by by Riola. And he has been good firing off the ball and is a really solid run blocker at that right guard. So your your replacements here Saturday against Purdue are guys that people have been asking about all season long because. You've not been overly dominant on the offensive line. You've been good enough with the run game, and you've been suspect 
when it comes to pass defense. Can these guys that people have been clamoring for come in and at least keep the peace on on offense with your 200 yards on the ground and provide as good or better pass protection for Harburg? And ultimately, can, can Harburg settle down, or is it time to go to the bullpen? Because we're gonna we're gonna find out, Schmidt. And one of the questions, and one of the things Matt Rule said in the presser today is is something he's been preaching all year long with that next man up mentality. How ready is the, are those guys that have been waiting in the wings on the offensive line? How much development have they been able to get done this year? Because we're talking eight weeks of practice now, plus fall camp. Some of these guys were here during spring. When you look at guys like Gunnar Gatula, I mean, Justin Evans Jenkins was here during spring. There's going to be guys that, that are going to have to fulfill that mantra to a T. And Justin Evans Jenkins did a great job of that on Saturday. I don't think he was Ethan Piper. I don't think you expect him to be Ethan Piper, but he did his job admirably, and he wasn't a negative on that offensive line from what I saw in the game on, on Saturday afternoon. Can other guys step into that and do the same? Latovsky's been fine in his uh, limited snaps this season. He, he's gotten on the field. And he's done well. He's going to have to have uh, a lot more put on his plate over the next couple of weeks. You wonder whether or not when Nurudin comes back, is he going to get slid over to that left guard spot with Latovsky starting at right guard? What can Teddy Prohaska do? He hasn't been great in the snaps that we've seen from him so far this year with as much uh, eagerness as there is around him with his frame and what he showed early in his Husker career. He hasn't quite lived up to that this year. Can he step up and be ready to go? Is he a, a fully healthy, ready-to-go guy? I don't know. There's just a lot of questions with what the offense is going to be moving forward. And that's added to the fact there's been plenty of questions around that offense for about a month and a half now with what they're going to be this season. They do well running the football. I think a lot of that can can be attributed to Heinrich Harburg. Can they continue to keep that standard moving forward despite the fact you're looking at nine guys that were starters on the first depth chart of the year before Minnesota now being on the bench. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tall task for that offense, but I think if there's any relief for the offense, it's the fact that 17 points a game should be enough to win you more games than it doesn't uh, in these final five games that you're not going up against many offensive juggernauts and you really trust your Husker defense. 17 points a game. That's probably going to be the task for the Husker offense moving forward. Can he... A group full of guys that began the year as backups go fulfill 17 points a game, and can the defense help them out? It's about playing complimentary football from here on out. It's been about that for the past couple of weeks. It's going to be even more focused on that moving forward. Can your defense, can your special teams, can they set that Husker offense up well and make their job easy moving forward? Because if that offense has to drive long fields every single game, I don't like their chances uh, to go put up enough points to go win football games. There's going to be added strain on the defense moving forward. I think they're ready for that. What can they do to set up that offense and make their lives easier? Well, let's get to some comments here. Moonbot says, howdy, boys. Uh, second big win. Broncos won. Props, Elijah. I actually didn't and, watch the uh, game. It was the best performance of the year from the Broncos. I decided, you know what? My roommate's a big Packers fan. I didn't want him to be gloating. So I went down to the Wynton Marsalis concert down at the Leeds Center, okay. which was phenomenal. And I checked my phone, and the Packers are driving down by. I'm like, the Broncos are winning this football game. So I got to watch the end of the game. But I had low expectations coming in. And, hey, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the right way to be a, a football fan is have your expectations low so they only surprise you, you know? Well, Moonbot passed his motorcycle safety course. Good work. Get the license. Be safe, Moonbot. Enjoy. Riding that hog, good for you, man. Uh, I 
wish I was talented enough to ride a motorcycle. I am not. Let's hear from Rule right now, part of the Rule Rewind. We're down here at Rosie's 10th and P. First of many Monday nights you can come spend with us. The Big Ten recap will get there. You be the judge. You make the call. Your judge, jury, executioner on the Iowa-Minnesota call heard around the world. There's a lot of tickets being purchased by one formal naval graduate uh, from the University of Michigan. We'll get you around the world in the Big Ten. And, of course, Monday night football and baseball playoff action tonight. But uh, guys stepping in, stepping up. Here's Rule uh, on some of those guys that have an opportunity to, to make a difference Saturday as Nebraska strives for a bowl game and, dare I say, a Big Ten West title. With that being said, I thought in the last game, I thought a lot of guys uh, stepped up when their number was called. I thought uh, Justin Evans Jenkins came in both at guard and then at center. Uh, Henry Lutowski is a guy that's been a starter for us at guard. Teddy Prohaska is a guy that's been waiting his turn. So we have lots of guys who started games here on the offensive line. Jaden Doss and some of the other young, young receivers, they obviously stepped up. Tristan Alvano stepped up. Um, so I expect them to step up, and I expect our, our – um, our veteran players to play their best football. And uh, that's what happened on Saturday. Um, I know Nash, Nash, Nash people were talking, I, I, thought, uh, I thought when you watch the tape, Nash played great, and Ty Robinson was absolutely dominant. Um, and so uh, we'll need those guys to play well. We'll need other guys to step up, and uh, there's a standard here, and everyone has to meet the standard. So I know you guys are all trying to tweet that news out, so I'll give you a second. <laughs> and then uh, wait and hear what you have to say. So here's my fear with what's left I know the theme is what's next but what's left is where I'm at Mm. and the special teams was above average to the point of of being a major difference in a great way Bushimi kicking into the wind in that third quarter he was great kicking the football Alvano from 47 yards out into into the the wind wind to tie it up and that thing had another 15 yards of carry on it if you wanted to it was it was awesome and and after that start you had to tie that game as soon as you could because it just it just lingered and then you had two two other plays one where uh, you you had uh, Malcolm get beat but ran the guy down he didn't score on the 66-yard pass. They were forced to kick and get a field goal, right, uh, that made it, I think it was 10-6. to 6. Hold on a minute. Maybe 10-9. to 9. I think that, that sounds better, 10-9. to 9. And then Nebraska immediately comes back with a shot play to Malcolm Col- uh, uh, Malachi Coleman. It was 10-6. to 6. Yeah. And, and then you have the, uh, the, the screenplay that was snuffed out by Giff. I mean, those are four big-time winning plays. I don't worry about Nebraska continuing to make those uh, for big moments, but I just worry about Nebraska's starts. I worry about their start against Purdue. I worry about their start against Wisconsin at Michigan State on the road. Eventually, someone's going to be there to capitalize, and the defense won't be perfect. That's my fear if I'm a Nebraska fan. Just a quick dose of reality on a Monday because – uh, Northwestern was was limited. Not Nebraska's fault. Can Robinson and Nash and Giff and this incredible group of young pups keep kicking ass the rest of the season without any help? The offense, Elijah, has to at some point get better and and pull their weight. And it looks harder to do now 
because of what's going on on the offensive line. Well, Schmitty, Matt Rule said it at the beginning of the year. I think it was before the Minnesota game. He doesn't care about how a team starts. He cares about how you finish. And Nebraska started that game <laughs> I mean, about as bad as you could have. About as bad as you could have against Northwestern. But how do they go out and finish that game? They have a better half of football offensively in the second half than they do in the first half. Your defense steps up. They make plays. And I think that analogy can be used for the entire season. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And despite the injuries, Nebraska, with the win next week, is likely going to be tied for first place in the Big Ten West with Wisconsin and Iowa. Because Iowa's at 3-2. and two. Wisconsin's at 3-1, and one, but they have Ohio State next week. You look at the opportunity ahead of you. If you can go 1-0 and beat Purdue on Saturday, you will be tied for first place in the Big Ten West. And I've said it for weeks. Nebraska controls their, their destiny in the Big Ten West. It's no different this week. What are they going to do with that control? Are they going to go out and capitalize? Or are they going to go play for all four quarters? And are they not going to let injuries and bad luck on offense derail and determine the outcome of their season what do they do with the opportunity that's the question nebraska for years hasn't been able to take advantage we'll see if matt rule's been able to to make that switch in mentality so that these guys do control their own destiny and and, and succeed you got a team built to uh to slug it out can they come on down here to rosie's 10th and p hail varsity continues and now and now back to hail varsity radio Roadshow Monday here. Rosie's downtown, 10th and P. Monday night football on the docket. You've got the Niners at Minnesota. You have the NLCS, ALCS uh, game seven, and the ALCS game six could be a clincher for Philly. The uh, Snakes want to extend it one more ball game, 489 1240. Uh, can join us here. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt was on hand. We'll get Charlie's take on things here in the 5 o'clock hour. Jay Moore of Big Red Wrap-Up. He'll be with us, get his thoughts on things as Brian chimes in. Punting is winning. There's a lot of Big Ten topics to hit on. The uh, employee for Michigan State who decided to put Hitler up on the Jumbotron has been suspended. Uh, you had uh, over 30 minutes of questions and answers by the NCAA as they were made available about Iowa and the punt return that was waved off. And then, yes, you have Michigan and, and spying that is very real with Mr. Stallion purchasing 30 seats uh, the last three years at 11 different spots. That includes buying seats for the Penn State-Ohio State game that happened. How about that thing? That thing was 20-12, to and it wasn't that close. But it was a throwback far cry from a shootout a long time ago. Well, I said Uh, it last week. I said it last week, Schmitty, on this show multiple times and during the Friday forecast. Bet the under. Too many points. These defenses are being undervalued because of who these teams are in the history of uh, like Ohio State's defense over the past couple years, they are legit. I said it on Friday. If you listen to Elijah Herbal's advice, you made yourself some money. That's all I'll say about that <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> you were going to race on down to the old book and take Indiana in the points, too. I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, but back to, to Nebraska here. Listen, they, they are – they're missing what? They're missing, they're missing turnovers, cr- turnover creation, okay? On defense, just from a perfect world view viewpoint, 
to set the offense up. I mean, think about think about Northwestern if Nebraska could get this to happen for them, where you start out at the 44, the 45, and the 13. Those are free points. You got a, a deep-in-your-own-territory situation against Illinois, and, and Harburg took it to the house, right, to make it 17 nothing. So Nebraska, I think, can capitalize on, on being set up. The defense, though, has got so much. You know what, though? They, they might just be built for it. They know it. They, they will embrace it. And can they be as good as they have to be? And, and I'm, you know, and, and Walter chimes in on cue. Nebraska's now minus eight in the turnover margin for the season. Hashtag putrid. It, it, it is. They need to be able to throw the football a little bit. Now, uh, a couple of quick thoughts. One, play calling. Elijah, where are you with this yin and yang of truly needing to be better at throwing the football? So to do that, you need to throw the football in the game. I, I agree with that from Matt Rule's standpoint. Do you agree a, a shot slash big play out of the gate? Nebraska threw it a lot early before they settled in and kind of went to the quarterback run. Clearly the passing game was off and not working. Uh, they need to find a way to get in rhythm uh, for Saturday for sure with Harburg throwing the ball. And then when, when Sparty, which is an 11 o'clock kick, by the way, they've got to be able to, to just be competent. And right now, can you call the offense competent? I think you can because of the rushing numbers, but it's going to be an absolute reset work in progress with some of these new faces having to have more of a role than a series or two. And my problem with the offensive play calling, which I laid out in our, our Real Red Reaction show on Saturday evening, is not the fact that they're throwing the p- football. Some people hopped on my Twitter. I had some tweets criticizing some of the play calling on Saturday. I stand by them. And people were saying, well, it's 2023. You have to throw the, the ball. You can't just run three well, times in the line of scrimmage and expect results. My problem is, is not the fact that they're throwing the ball. It's the way in which they're going about throwing the football. Like, first play of the game, first and 10, you're calling a straight drop back against the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten. I mean, look at how different Northwestern played it on first and 10 from their own 41-yard line on that shot play to Malachi Coleman that you score a touchdown whenever you give the threat of the run. Go back and watch the film on that and look how every single linebacker and two cornerbacks are stepping up into their run fits after essentially a fake handoff from Heinrich Harburg and no real threat aside from that on the rushing attack. It's because you've showed that option a couple different times, and Nebraska scored their touchdown. I believe it was two plays after you got a chunk play through that option play. So the defense sees that. They're going to come up and read and write because they know our rushing defense isn't the best in the Big Ten. We need to be able to account for this, and Malachi Coleman wide open in the end zone. Heinrich Harburg makes a good throw. My problem is the fact that you're coming out in the first play of the game, and you're not even showing the threat of the run, which is what's going to be much more threatening to Northwestern's defense based on what they've shown this year is if you show the threat of the run first. And I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and actually tabulate how many of Heinrich Harburg's throws on Saturday were from play action. But, like, first down... It needs to be most of them. Yeah, first down in 10, though, you're just going to roll a straight drop back on Heinrich Harburg so the defense doesn't even have to worry about the threat of the run. That That's my problem with the play calling whenever you look at the, the rushing attack or in the, the, in the passing attack when you combine those two elements. It's the fact that it doesn't feel like a lot of the times Nebraska knows how they want to threaten the defense. It feels like 
they want to set up the run with the pass as opposed to setting up the pass with the run. And there's a healthy balance to strike there. But whenever you're paying your offensive coordinator $1.2 million, you just feel like that should be more buttoned up. 1.4. 1.4. Yeah. 1.4, brother. But it's, it's a lot. Let's hear from Matt Rule when it comes to play calling with Heinrich Harburg. He was asked about that today. Cut eight. Matt Rule, rewind here. We're live at Rosie's 10th and P. The first play is a, either an explosive play or a touchdown, right? So I just think um, I think sometimes as you go through like the the ascent uh, of a young quarterback, you go out there early on and you just start to play. I mean, I was taught this by June Jones, so this isn't like Matt Rule's theory, okay? You just go out there, you just kind of play, and you play on instinct. Then you have some success, and so you start trying to be like, oh, okay. I, you start trying to be, oh, I'm going to do this versus this coverage, I'm going to do this, and you start seeing all these things, and you start to play slow. And then you get through that and you start to play fast again. Uh, like, that's, he was just too slow. I mean, that guy, Fedoni's open, but Borkatro in the corner and go is wide open down. It's, we're going to start the game off with a touchdown. But we rushed. We saw too much, you know. And so I think that showed up a lot during the game. I mean, we left a lot of things out there, way too much out there um, to, to win a Big Ten game. So um, I think as the game settled on, you know, we hit that one. I mean, again, Malachi's first progression, we just play the play and hit it. Um, but but there were some plays that were there that I think we absolutely should hit, have to hit. And, um, you know, I think we're at the point for me as a coach where it's like, hey, we're going to we're going to be more aggressive. We're going to um, have to push the ball down the field a little bit. Now, you know, obviously this week's a new week. You know, we have some guys down. We have to see who's healthy and who's ready to go. But that was the thought process last week. I just think Heinrich, you know, he can make those plays. He, he just has to slow down. But that is what happens. They play off instinct. Then they start coming in and watching tape and starting to see the coverages and whereas early on they were just going one two three now they're like well i see the mic and they start trying to be more <laughs> and then all of a sudden they finally hit a point where they relax and they just play and so heinrich you know it's a good week to try to do that it's gonna be big uh and that that really kind of sums up his four and one right i mean you look at his last few starts he he looked better early and michigan's michigan and then he looked gun shy at times looked just off uh out of the gate and he'll need to settle down and and be better and he knows that and they'll need to figure out a way to to get him ready ready uh let's hear more from matt rule cut 17 here game plan moving forward i'm anxious to hear this because you know what what can you put together with three new offensive linemen that are going to be asked to play 40 plus snaps assuming you know you're in one of those knockdown drag out big 10 ball games where you're not getting penalties all the time i should say uh possessions all the time but here is matt rule on uh, the game plan on offense yeah we're, we're gonna have to uh, find the players we have and find what they do well and put, put them out there you know um you know each week you know this is a, a man-to-man defense this is a bear defense let's uh Highly active. Pressure's a lot different than Illinois. Same sort of structure, but different than Illinois. So, um, you know, it, it brings unique challenges. But um, to me, it's uh, it's about, hey, who are the players that we have and what can they do? And um, I think that's on both sides of the ball and on special teams. We're always trying to highlight our players and at the same time understanding that uh, each defense brings things that we have to be prepared for. And uh, they have a lot that we have to be prepared for. So getting into specifics of it, um, you know, I can't say right now it's Monday, you know, but uh, as we get closer during the week, I think we'll have a good plan. They'll need to execute that plan, Elijah. That's always been a problem. Anonymous, 2,550 days since the last time Nebraska has had a 
winning streak longer than two. And there was a there was a that hurts. there was a false stat going around this week, and that had been fourteen hundred something days since Nebraska had a winning record. That's a little off. It was seven hundred and something days because you have to go back ah. to following the Buffalo ah. game. But it should be noted, it's been fourteen hundred plus days since Nebraska had a winning record during conference play. So I think maybe that's where the the uh, the error in that one went off. So many people were sharing that. It's only been seven hundred something days. Only seven hundred something days since Nebraska had a winning record overall. But this late in the season, it has been a while, and it, it does feel a little bit different this year with Nebraska, despite all the injuries. It does feel like Nebraska's just got a different mentality that they're, they're playing with right now, and we'll see what they can do without any of those guys, essentially offensively, that you started the year with. And according to Matt Rule, it's about finding what those guys do and figure out the best way to attack a defense with that, meaning I think the game plan, what Nebraska's going to do offensively, is going to change on a week-by-week basis, which means Marcus Satterfield's got to earn his keep. Yeah, he does, or at least goes sit with Tom Osborne. <laughs> and which isn't a bad thing. You know what? Tom, hey, it's it's Coach Rule. Me and Sat are wondering if you'd like to go to lunch Monday through Thursday. How does that sound? We saw you at practice today. Thanks, by the way, for the belly option and then the belly option pass. Thank you for that suggestion. Uh, do you have any more suggestions, Coach? What do you think uh, the offense can do? I know you have probably scoured the Purdue film Sunday. Uh, the NFL weekend uh, games wasn't that great locally with TV. So what do you think? I'd absolutely lean into that. And I know that may not be uh, everyone's opinion, but I, I literally looked at Dolman in the press box on Saturday and said, why the hell are they throwing the football? I, 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 you know, and I said, okay, it was after the second interception. Why are they not trying to establish the run game? I know they're a far cry from the pipeline, but just figure it out. Absolutely figure it out. And then Malachi scored and all was right with the world. Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning.